Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord that he may have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Seek the Lord while he may be found. When we begin to seek something or someone, our whole focus is on finding that person or thing. I can still remember one time saying to my mother, Mom, I have to go. I was on the phone with her, and she said, Okay, why? And I said, I can't find my cell phone, and I have to find it. And she said, okay, but before you go, what are you talking to me on? So what else is new? But I had to go while I thought I had lost my cell phone because I couldn't do two things at once. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, that's because you're a man. (laughs) And and I'm willing to give that to you. But it was even worse because I was focused on trying to find my cell phone. When we are seeking something, we have to make everything else secondary until we find that for which we are seeking. In the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, beginning at verse 6, the word of God says to us, seek the Lord while he may be found. So the question is, are you seeking the Lord? And are you seeking for him in your daily life as if everything else is secondary? Your bills, secondary to seeking the Lord. Your concerns, your wounds, your hurts, your temptations, your pains, your dreams your financial difficulties, all second until I find the Lord in my life. See, I often seek the Lord, but I don't seek him in the same way that I wanted to seek my cell phone that day. I was willing to say, Mom, I got to go because I have to find that cell phone. Are we willing to say to everything else in our life, you have to be second, because I am seeking the Lord. Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. That is, we are not to seek first the things we believe we need in this life. We are not to seek first even what we believe is our calling in this life. We are not to seek first the answers to our problems. We are to seek first God, his kingdom, his righteousness. And then the Lord says, all other things shall be added unto you. Do you believe it? Probably so. Jesus said it. But do you live by it? 
probably like me, the answer is sometimes. Sometimes. But God is not looking for us to live by it sometimes. He wants us to know true peace of heart in this world, and it can only be found by trusting in him, and we only trust in his word when we live by it. To seek him while he may be found. To seek him first, trusting that all these things shall be added unto you. And so when we look at anything in our life, let's take an example from our own church life. When we are asking God, Lord, where would you have us be to worship you? Where would you have us be in order to minister to your people? The first question we should ask is, are we seeking God and his kingdom in the answer? Or are we looking only at what makes sense to us in our hearts and in our lives? Now, you're going to hear this example again because it had a very profound impact on me. But one of the speakers at the Synod this past week was a bishop from Nigeria. He's actually a New Zealand who's a bishop in the House of Bishops in Nigeria who is serving here in the United States. God works in mysterious ways. But he told us that in Nigeria, on any given Sunday, there are over 20 million Anglicans who are worshiping the Lord. There are more than 20 million Anglicans in Nigeria, but on any given Sunday, 20 million of them are worshiping the Lord. It's incredible. Easy for us to understand, though, here at Holy Trinity, but, you know, it's incredible. And they do so, many of them knowing that by seeking the Lord on his day could identify them as Christians. Well, you might be thinking, well, that's a good thing. We should be identified as Christians. That can result in their being expelled from their families, being imprisoned, being handed over to the authorities, being tortured or killed. And yet 20 million people on any given Sunday wake up and say, today, I will worship the Lord. Whether they will die, whether they will be imprisoned, whether they will suffer for the Lord, is second. First, they seek God. They seek Him above themselves, above their families, above their circumstances, because they know that the Lord is life and that he has come in Jesus Christ that you may know him, find him, and be known and found by him. And so they go out. This bishop went on to say that in the north there's a great persecution in northern Nigeria. Now the government has officially outlawed Sharia law, Muslim law, in that country. And yet it is being put into practice 
in many parts in the north, and many Christians are being killed simply for being identified as Christians. And yet they do not hide their faith. They boldly proclaim Jesus Christ. Well, the persecution in the north became so great that in the millions they had to flee. And in one particular village, the Christians were fleeing the Muslims who were chasing them, and the Anglican priest welcomed hundreds of them into his church to seek refuge, believing that they would be protected in the house. And he put his own wife and children in the Lord's house. And then he went out in order to search for others that they too may find refuge in the house. While he was out seeking others to seek refuge, the Muslims came and they burned the church to the ground with his wife and his children and all of those people in it burned alive. Bishop Dobbs told me and told others later that as the church burned, some were crying, some were screaming, but from this great tragedy, the voices of Christians singing hymns could be heard. And that many of these Christians who came to the South sought refuge and found a time of repose, and then their bishop said to them, and now you must go back to the North and reclaim the North for Jesus Christ. And my friends, this is why the church in Nigeria has 20 million Anglican Christians worshiping the Lord on the Lord's day because they seek first the kingdom of God, not their lives, not their safety, not to pay their bills, not to decide what kind of music should be sung in the church. Their first priority is the kingdom of God and seeking the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Open your hearts to God and to his word, and let your first priority in this life be seeking the kingdom and the Lord. For he is drawn near to you. The word of God tells us today, Call upon him while he is near. Romans 10, 8 to 9 says, The word is near you. On your lips and in your hearts, that is the word of faith which we preach. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved you will be saved. He has sought you from heaven. Our God came into this world to seek you, Jane, to seek you, Diane, 
to seek my friend Austin here. To seek you, little one, and you, slightly bigger little one. To seek you, Paulina. To seek you, Father Bruce. To seek me. Seek the Lord, for he has given up his throne in heaven and come into this world to seek you. Draw near to him and call upon his name, for he has drawn near to you. For the word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. Seek him before all other things. Now, we're going to have a test. We're going to see how you do. What shall we seek first? God and his kingdom and his righteousness? Or to pay our bills? God. God, right. Okay, that's good. Should we seek God first in his kingdom? Or healing for our woundedness? God. Shall we seek God first? Don't get a big head that I keep pointing towards you, Don. <laughs> Shall we seek God first? Or should we seek our own safety? God. Should we seek God first? Or get all our ducks in a row? God. It's not that these things are unimportant. But God makes it clear to us, seek me first, and all these things shall be added unto you. Not always in the ways that you will understand, because he goes on to say something that we have completely lost sight of in our culture. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I've been with you for eight years, and still you don't understand me a lot of the times. You got me down? You know my number? How, amen, Rachel. Then how can we comprehend God? God doesn't say, understand me and then trust me. God doesn't say, investigate me out thoroughly, vet me thoroughly, and then trust me. God doesn't say, let me run my plans by you and see if you approve them and then trust me. God says, trust me. Trust me when you understand me and trust me when you don't understand me. Trust me in good times and in hard times. Trust me when you are walking in abundant life and trust me when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Trust me when you understand me. Trust me when you don't understand me. Trust me in the light and trust me in the darkness. Trust me when you have extra money. Trust me when you have no money. Trust me. Trust me. Seek me first. How many of you, if your bishop said to you, now go back to the north. Go back to the north and reclaim it for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Tell your enemies, those who killed your wives and your sons and your daughters 
and your husbands and your fathers and your mothers and your brothers and your sisters and children. Go tell them that you forgive them. Go tell them that you love them because they are loved by a God who loved them so much that he died for them on the cross and rose from the dead. And if they burn you, cry out from the flames that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you forgive them, that they may know a forgiveness that is not offered by this world, that is not offered by the Koran, that is not offered by any other philosophy. It is only offered by God himself in Jesus Christ. How many of you would go? Amen. Amen. We have plane tickets for you already. But you know, the good thing is, the good thing is, we don't have to go back to the north right now, but you know what we do? We do have to go out into French Hill. We do have to go to our neighbors. We do have to go to our family members who are here. How many wives are here without their husbands? <laughs> if, you, if you have a husband, my dear, your family's in more trouble than I even knew. And I, and I know a lot. Who in, at lunch today is going to look for an up in your prayer when you say grace? And whether you're high church or low church, you're going to make the sign of the cross, right? So that people can see that you're a Christian and that you're in prayer, right? How many are going to say, Lord, bless this food and provide us an opportunity before we leave here today, before we leave here today, to share the good news of Jesus? No one's asking you today, probably to share the good news of Jesus Christ as you burn to death. But I am asking you to do it while you have lunch. And I'm as convicted by this as you are. We saw in films at this synod children, little children lying dead, throats slit because they're Christians. If we think that our culture will be spared this and that this is a problem that happens over there and that our children won't experience it if we don't share the good news of Jesus Christ today, then we are, of mo all people, most to be pitied. For it's real and it's happening every day. Your family, your friends, your neighbors, the people of French Hill need to know that Jesus Christ is Lord, that love and mercy and forgiveness and truth and grace has come into this world in Jesus Christ, that there is hope. I'm going to end with two last stories. One is, I got really pumped up, in case you haven't figured it out, at Synod. Because when we go to Synod, when we gather with our diocesan family, we get the bigger picture for a little bit. We get to step outside the, the agenda of the parish council. And we get to look at the bigger picture of the gospel. And I came home with that. And I got to tell you, I am tired physically. Very tired from this trip. But yesterday when somebody called me 
who was in need of God's healing touch and the promise of his word in his or her life, I got into my car and I went. I didn't say I'm going to make an appointment for you on Tuesday. Because I really actually don't have any time on Tuesday. And so I went. And I said, Lord, I need your strength. And I went in and the person said, there is no hope. And I looked at the person and I said, that's a lie. There is hope. And his name is Jesus. And he has drawn near to you. He will deliver you. Believe in him. Trust in him. And what I'm saying to that person is the words today. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Because we never know when we will have an opportunity. If you're saying, you know, I'm going to wait till Advent because it's only a couple weeks away to repent from this, this big sin. You know, I'm going to wait. We may not be here or you may not be here come Advent. Draw near now to the Lord. If someone in your family is unbaptized, tell them, you know, don't say, you know what, your, your grandmother was baptized in, on, on, on November 1st, so we'll call Father Michael and make an appointment for All Saints Day next year. For we do not know. And let me tell you uh, another story. There was a woman who called me and she said, look, I'm not looking for any money from the church. My husband has been without work for a very long time and we're about to lose our house. I have found some extra income to my job. She's in her 50s. She's working like crazy and found another job and I can keep up with the bills. But when I went to pay the payment, they said, well, you're so far behind already. We can't accept this payment. What you need to do is you need to pay what you, what you did, what you're behind on, and then you can keep up. And she said, but I can really keep up. And they said, it doesn't matter, we're going to go to foreclosure. And so she called me and said, look, I'm not looking for any money from the church. So what I am looking for is, do you know anywhere, any church organization, uh, Catholic, Christian services that will give a, a non-interest loan to someone so that they can get back on, on their feet? And I said, no, I don't. And, and I felt so sorry for this woman, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, Lord, find a way for me to be able to help her. And then I asked a group of people one day, um, does anyone know? And they said, no legal way of doing it. You know, I got a friend named Guido who could probably help her out, but, you know, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, and I said, oh, Lord, I didn't know what to do anyway. This, uh, one, one night there was a, a person who, who said to me, um, you know, uh, um, let, let's go out for, uh, for dinner. And I said, oh, okay. And then it almost got canceled. And I, you know, I was tired. And I said, all right, fine. So a group of us went out uh, for dinner. And I actually ran into this person who was in need of the $3,000. And, and I, I went up to that person and I said, how is it going? And well, you know, it's okay. You know, I've, not, I haven't found anything, but you know what? I gave it to the Lord and I said, you know what, Lord? What matters, whether I lose my house or not, what matters is I, I have you in my life. That's what matters. And if that happens, it happens and I have you in my life and I give thanks. And she goes, I'm, I'm doing okay. So I went back to the table, you know, and I said, well, God bless you. And I went back to the table and I told the person uh, at the table the story. And the person uh, was so moved by the spirit, they took out uh, their checkbook and they wrote a check for $3,000.
and I gave it to the woman. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek God. It doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly smooth in your life. God didn't promise that. But he won't let you drown. He has drawn near to you. There will be hope in the midst of despair. There will be light in the midst of darkness. There will be deliverance from the places of your bondage. And just before you feel like you're going under, he'll be there to keep you afloat. But we as a church family, we as families and individuals, must decide that we and all that we hope and desire for are second to God and his kingdom. We must take our opinions and subject them to the word of God. We must take our hopes and desires and subject them to the word of God and live by God. For seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Return unto the Lord that he may have mercy. For God will abundantly pardon. Seek first his kingdom. I'm not asking you to go back to the north. Unless you happen to live north of Marlborough, then you may go back to the north. But I am asking us, as of this day, to live even more fully in the Lord and to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, trusting him that all things then shall be added unto us. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ, Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.